Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. Okay, so Lombardi Line here on a Black Friday. We say happy, well, hope you had a nice Thanksgiving as we get into it today. I'm Patrick Maher, live from the VEASAN studios here at the South Point. Michael Lombardi there in Jersey. How we doing, Michael? It's a busy day. 16 games across college football as well. Yeah, it's a nice, it's another. We have an extra Saturday in the week. Gotta love it, Patrick. Yeah, good day. I mean, we still counting up all the flags in the Dallas game. I mean, what was obviously that? Sean Hockley thought we were paying to watch him referee that game last night. And that back judge, that that I, I forget his name. He he he's a, when I used to see him at the game, I thought, oh, he he loves to get involved in the game. You know, I, I think is I think that's Chad Hill. I'm not sure. I have to check the name. But that crew was, I, I think that crew really embarrassed the league, especially on one of the most te- televised uh, publicly, uh, you know, the huge ratings that that game had and the, the compelling nature of the game was horrible. Yep, 14 penalties apiece for the Cowboys and Raiders, 28 total. Unbelievable. I mean, just the way it played out as far as Anthony Brown had four PIs on him to set up the game-winning field goal. But the Raiders do cover, obviously. They win on the field, catching seven by the time it closed, Michael, and the 50-and-a-half, so it goes over the total. You know, I, I think there's a lesson to learn here, and I don't know if there's a right way to go or right. A lot of people lost out in Survivor yesterday, unfortunately, because they saved Dallas for this day, right? And, you know, and I think that the lesson Jimmy Vaccaro talks about this, the lesson in survivors don't save. Like, you just got, they're going to have to be some hard games. Like, my instincts were when I watched Justin Fields play against the Steelers to take Chicago against Detroit. Now, it didn't end up that way, but I was going to use Dallas if I was, I was recommending to use Dallas before the game because the Dallas Las Vegas game, you know, it wasn't as easy as people thought it was going to be, even though the line was seven and a half, eight, because obviously the Raiders can score points. So, and, and look, I think if you play that game not 10 times, Dallas is going to win at eight, assuming what crew we get. If we get Scott Novak, they're not. If we get Hockley, they're not. If we maybe get, uh, you know, someone else, they got a chance. Tolbert, maybe Ron Tolbert could have done that game. It would have been a lot better. Is this going to be a discussion? I mean, there has to be, like you said, Hockley and his crew kind of stole the show, which is exactly what the league doesn't want. Will this be a greater discussion? It has to. I mean, to me, what the league will come out with, with all the penalties were worthwhile. I didn't think Anthony Brown. I thought the last one, you know, where he didn't turn his head around, you know, he, but he didn't play into the man and the man didn't play to him. The man didn't play through to him. You know, and I know they have all the technicalities and we'll get Pereira on the phone and he'll be able to defend it all. But the reality of it is one of the one the Tony Pollard holding call was one of the worst I've ever seen. That was a huge run, a big play in the game. I mean, there's back and forth. There were eleven first downs given to each team by by penalties. Eleven. I mean, we didn't pay to watch them officiate. And they think they did. And the four on Brown, I, I thought the first pass interference call on Brown was very nitpicking. I thought it was horrible. They both hooked each other. 
Yeah, listen. But that back judge there, he calls it. I mean, he thinks people are paying to watch him. (laughs) That is certainly not the case. The dogs go two and one yesterday on Thanksgiving. Road teams won all three games. That's another survivor uh, technique that I know a lot of people like to use is these uh, the home teams. The home teams, that's not in the equation this year. I think you got to throw that out. I think you got to throw that out the window because I mean we've seen road teams win like crazy. You know. Typically, when I was in the league, you know, if we were getting ready to play a Sunday night game or a, a Monday night game, I would look at all the home teams that won. And if we were playing at home, I think, okay, we got a really good percentage to win this because home teams. To, that's not the case anymore. Mm-mm. And and look, let's face it, New Orleans had no offense whatsoever, zero offense. We know Taysom Hill's hurt. They couldn't do anything. That was really a you know we miss I mishandicapped that game because they had no chance to score any points. They could have played another sixty minutes and New Orleans wasn't going to score any points. I mean I know they kicked a field goal, but they weren't going to score any points. Yep, Bills easy route. They end up closing seven. There you see it, thirty-one-six winner for the Bills. They get back on track. After having lost two of three, a snoozer of a game. Like you mentioned, the Saints are just uh, so banged up. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I know they can, you know, they score. What do you, what do you think you're going to get out of the Saints? Ten points? I mean, last week they, they scored points in the fourth quarter like they did in this game when the other team was, was laying down on them. I just, I mean, this is Sean Payton is going through one of those rebuilding years without cap room. Without cap room. I mean, I, and I think more than anything, they need a quarterback. I mean, we know this, right? We know this, and they signed Taysom Hill to that extension, but they know they need a quarterback. And whether it's – you mentioned Hill, who just got the extension. We was, he, why he's not playing – I guess, obviously, as you mentioned, he's injured. Whether it's Ian Book or whomever, Simeon's not the – got to try something, right? I would think so, Patrick. I, I mean, put Ian Book out there. I mean, Simeon, just to me – and the more he plays, the less effective That's he's right. going to become. Yeah. You know, when I watched him play when, when Elway thought he was going to be the heir apparent in Denver, his size doesn't allow him to be. The longer he plays, the less effective he's going to become in the game. It's going to wear and tear of him. His eye level comes down. I mean, he misses some really easy throws. Yeah, he does. So in a spark, the best game he played was when he came in and relieved the first one and kind of surprised some people. But you give people, you give defenses a chance to catch up with Trevor Simeon. Uh, they're going to do that I now. Mean, well, go please. I think we got to fade New Orleans all the way through. I mean, I don't see how they come back from this. I really don't. You know, I mean, the line's going to adjust to them. There's no question about that. But you know, it's going to be hard for them to bounce. I mean, how are they going to be able to really? Who, where are they going to get their offense from? I mean, they're five and six. You know, they're five and six. They have the they have uh, the Cowboys coming up. That's on uh, December. That's a Thursday night game. So they have the Cowboys next week. Then they go to the Jets and they have Tampa. I mean, maybe they could beat the Jets. Then they have Miami, Carolina, Atlanta. I mean, to me, there's no chance they're making the playoffs. No chance. That that's a pretty safe bet. And what's fat? You were talking yesterday. Uh, just this popped in my head. You know, Oklahoma State and Gundy being a defensive team this year. What's fascinating about the Saints is they're going to throw away a great defensive year. And Sean Payton's an yeah. offensive mind, so it's almost the inverse of what you expect from the Saints. But even yesterday, the defense actually produced some impact plays when they were kind of lingering against the Bills. Oh, they. If they have a quarterback, if they have if they have Camaro and some of their players, they win that game. But the way Allen turned the ball over in the first half. Yeah. You know, and if they could have done anything to generate offense, but, you know, Allen throws four touchdown passes. They run the ball 32 times for the Bills, which is remarkable, right? I mean, you know, you could see that, that the sting of that, that loss last week of not running the football really affected them against the Colts, and they came out trying to run the ball in this game. So, 
you know, but we, you know, we have skirted around in this A block here of really the main conversation that needs America needs to discuss. Betters need to discuss. What's that? Do you really want to bet on Dan Campbell? If you do, if you, if, if Will Hill tells me I'd like the Lions this week, I may have it. I mean, do you want to bet on the Lions? I mean, after that performance between Spassky and Fisher, Matt Nagy being Fisher, I mean, what could you possibly say? What were you? What Texas were you getting when he called two timeouts and didn't know it? That's what I want to know. America wants to know this. I can't Patrick. read them. I can't read them. I can't show you the gifts that were being sent to me. I can't. I just can't tell you anything. It's just. It's also honestly, he seems like a, a nice enough human being, but it is embarrassing and it's calamitous right now. I mean, think what we saw yesterday How out of Dan about Campbell. Rod Wood, if you're Rod, if you're Rod Wood and you hired him, what do you think? And gave him an extra Spielman? year. Gave him an extra where's year. Spielman? <laughs> where's Spielman in all this? Like, where's Spielman? He's gone underground. He's at West Cape May. He's in witness protection. <laughs> you know, he was out there in front of everybody, and now when it starts, you know, it's embarrassing. It's not just losing. It's embarrassing losing. You know, I didn't realize this, and I, I, I knew the stat, but until I saw it just, like, in front of my face today, Goff 0-16-1 without McVay at this point. Jared Goff, 0-16. He's uh, never won a football game. Jimmy... Jimmy Johnson was talking about it on the Fox show yesterday because I had it on here in my office. And, you know, and Jimmy was defending Goff. And look, Goff had four incomplete passes in the whole game. He had four incomplete passes in the whole game. And they scored what? They scored 13 points. He, dude, checks down. The first thing he does is check down, then he checks down the check down. I mean, he is check. That's oh, what he excuse does. Excuse me. He scored 14 points. But look, I mean, they had 10 penalties. I mean, every time they, I mean, you couldn't, you couldn't go. T- they took, they, they were truly the Bruce Springsteen song. One step up, two steps back. Yeah. I mean, they go one step and then they go two steps back. I mean, it was embarrassing. And then the, the whole orchestration at the end of the, ha- at the end of the, the game, and then Nagy's reaction, like he won Super Bowl 58. I mean, it was unbelievable. <laughs> he did, dude. He was going crazy when he won that. And that was an embarrassing performance by the Bears as well, if we're being completely honest. I mean, this is not a very good Detroit, it's not a very good Detroit team. I'm speaking very obviously. Now, let me ask you a question. So Rod Wood, so for those that don't know, the president of the Lions is a guy named Rod Wood. He was an auto exec. They brought him over from Ford. No football experience. No football this experience. This is Bob McNamara coming into the White House. Yeah, there's and no, then, none of it. It And is. then your boy, Spielman, that's your remember when guy, right? So we've got to yep. remember yeah, they when. Bring him back. We've got uh-huh. a, a car executive. <laughs> we've got a first-year We've got a guy that's never coached before. We've got Mrs. Ford's daughter ultimately in charge. So how would you – like, this is just – there's pieces all over the place with the Lions. It's not going to get better. Well, they're going to fire a bunch of coaches. They're going to have to save Campbell. Anthony Lynn's going to be plays. gone. He's now calling. You think Aaron Glenn's going to survive this? I mean, Anthony Lynn's going to be gone. I mean, they're all going to fight. They have a bunch of, a lot of ex-players on the staff. You know, you need some expertise. Who has helped Brad Holmes? He's the GM. Is he going to help Campbell become a better head coach? No, I didn't even mention Holmes, who I think still lives in Atlanta. <laughs> and in Detroit, last time I checked, is in Michigan. So I, I beg you, I beg of you, please just make a couple of calls and let them know that you're willing to help and restructure and settle down I, I, and just please. I, I, I tried to help him with the search. You know, I said, you know, I tried to help him with the search. But look, they've got Minnesota at home next week. They, they don't, I, I think they have a really good chance. They got Minnesota, Denver, Arizona, Atlanta, 
Seattle, Green Bay. They they may be a, another O O win team. <laughs> a good chance is an interesting way to frame that, but you're right. There is a good chance they'll be all time bad. <laughs> and it uh, again, if 31 job jobs open up in the NFL, how many are hiring Dan Campbell? The answer is zero. Eh, happy Thanksgiving. We continue. It's the Lombardi line. to the Lombardi line on VSEN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, football season is here as you know. BetMGM's got you covered. All your favorite wagering options, in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today. Stop by any MGM casino on the strip. Bring your state-issued ID here in Nevada, and you're ready to bet within minutes. You can visit BetMGM.com or simply download the app. If you have a gambling problem, it's 1-800-522-4700. If you have a spending problem or a retail problem, uh, well, first off, the best place to go would be the store because we're still running our Black Friday special there at VEASAN. You can get 20 bucks to spend on a hat or a T-shirt or any of the swag there in the VEASAN store, VEASAN.com slash subscribe. But today's a dangerous day if you're just sitting at home, Michael, with a tryptophan hangover, with all these deals coming <laughs> in on Black Friday, spending just cash. It's just uh, it's one of those days. Hey, I wanted to ask you, if I gave you the Cowboys right now sitting 7-4, and four, Okay, so again, the loss yesterday, they've lost three of four. And then I gave you the Bills sitting seven and four. The Cowboys are going to be at the Saints next Thursday. And then the, the Bills uh, get a little bit of a, a respite here. They're going to host the Pats next Sunday, which is huge. Seven and four, seven and four. Which team do is you trust? Is that a trust? Sunday or Monday night game? Is that a is Sunday that a or Monday, Monday night? night uh, pardon me. It might be Monday night. Let me just check. Just double check. That is Monday night. Yep, you nailed it. So... Who do you trust of the two? The Cowboys or Bills, both seven and four right now? Uh, I'm going to trust the Cowboys. I mean, I think, look, the Cowboys, um, they're missing a ton of players now. they they got to get DeMarcus back, you know, Lawrence. They've got to get DeMarcus Lawrence back. they got to get Randy Gregory back. Yep. And they need their receivers. I mean, you know, they didn't play. They didn't have C.D. Lamb. They didn't have Cooper yesterday. Again, they're, they're dropping way too many passes. Actually, to me, to be honest with you, watching the Cowboys, it seems to me, and last week it was hard to practice, it seems to me they're missing their time at practice. Like they are one of those teams that when you're in November, you've got to practice. You've got to practice. You've got to put the pads on. The players going to don't want to hear it. You've got to go out there. You've got to have a little thudding going on. You've got to make sure you're wearing your gloves so you don't get called for holding penalties. And you've got to go out there and you're, you, have to, uh, you have to get better at that. And they couldn't run the ball yesterday, which was really their Achilles heel against the Raiders. So for me, I think it's the Cowboys are the better team because they have more balance with their offense. Their defense needs those two players back desperately. Yeah, and the Allen conversation, who he was better yesterday, he still forces throws. Where are you right now on Josh Allen, who kind of came into this game a little broken and, and played pretty well? I mean, look, he look, he's so big. He makes so many plays. I think the, the difference is, is how you defend him, right? You know, you've got to do a good job of defending him in the pocket and make him beat you in the quarterback. Make him, make him beat you throwing the football. Make him beat you throwing the ball. Now, the, you know, the last three games they've had eight turnovers. The last three games they've had eight turnovers. They've been fortunate because in the Jet game they forced five. So they're only they're only they're plus two and they're they're only minus two in that category. You know, and they've had two games this year where they forced ten turnovers. Five against the Jets, five against the Texans. They have beaten up on some really bad teams. I'm not sure we know how good Buffalo is right now. Think about this. 
Think about this, Patrick. You know, they come out, they lose to the Steelers. They beat a Miami team. Tua gets hurt. Don't say a bad word. Mm -hmm. Bad Washington football team. Bad Houston. They beat the Chiefs, but really don't have any defense. They lose to the Titans, although that was a game I thought was their best game of the year. They, you know, Josh Allen slips. They lose that game. They come back, beat a bad Miami team. They lose to a bad Jacksonville team. Beat a bad Jet team. Beat a very an average Colt team. We'll see how good they are this weekend. And then New Orleans, which is really a one-dimensional team. I, I think we have the next two weeks for them. New England and Tampa Bay will tell us all we need to know about the the the, the Buffalo Bills. You know, it's interesting with Buffalo too. When you talk about Baltimore. Many say the ball's in Lamar Jackson's hands too much and too much is dependent upon him for that offense. Allen's the same way. It's almost like they rely on him to get the ground game going as well. But he is the ground game. I mean, he makes it go. I mean, they the third play of the game, the fourth play of the game, they ran quarterback power. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, they're, they're, the, he is their run game. He has to compensate for the lack of the offensive line. I mean, they're not a physical team up front. I mean, and the, and the Colts believed that they could come out there and push them around, and they did. The Saints just didn't have that ability. The Saints didn't have a back that could do that. They had Camaro back there. It might have been a little bit of a different game. Now, you know, I mean, the the the, the Saints that what they have 146 yards. I mean, I mean, Sean ran it 25 times for 44 yards. And a Bills defense that you've been wait and see a little bit more dubious on it's listen they got healthy against Trevor Simeon you mentioned the backfield was empty for the Saints this is a confidence booster for the Bills defense but you can't really take much from this I think us as betters we have to really understand there's certain games okay the Titans game when the Bills played the Titans the, the Titans the Titans rushed for 146 yards okay when they played the Colts, they ran for 264. All these other teams, when they played, you know, all these other teams can't run the ball on them because they're not very good running teams. You know, the Steelers in the week one weren't, was not a good run team. Miami's not a good run team. Washington in week three was not a good run team. Houston can't run the ball on anybody, right? Kansas City ran for a buck 20 on them, right? And then Tennessee, we know they can. Miami, they've played a lot of teams. I think, to me, you've got to be really careful with their rating because their numbers, and I go through it every week with my power ratings, their, number, their, their schedule hasn't been really the toughest of any team. Now, they'll play New England twice. We'll know how good they are. And they play Tampa. We'll find out. And you just and you nailed it with that game, New England at Buffalo being on Monday night the 6th. So they're going to get an extra day even the bills of rest. Remember, New England's got Tennessee coming to town this this Sunday. So it'll be fat. I, I, I don't think you've looked, so let me ask you. Do you, you want to take a shot at that New England-Buffalo number, the line? I have not looked. Let, let me look here. Hold on. Let me just see my numbers just okay. on this New England-Buffalo, that's uh, on the 6th on Monday night. Big, huge uh, divisional 50. game. A Buffalo, two and a half. Right now, most books, Westgate's got them three and a half. Three and a half. Hmm. <laughs> let's go, let's go, Pats. Right? I mean, if listen, I mean, who can you trust right now? Nobody, but the team that's building towards our trust is the New England Patriots. Yeah, I mean, I think it's the league is it, what we what we've seen on Thanksgiving Day was if you're not healthy, you you're not going to play your best. I think what we've seen is if you're not healthy, Tennessee playing the Jets lose, Tennessee playing Houston lose. You're not. I, I again, I think this is so much about coaching. This is so much about taking care of the details that this is the time of the year that you've got to go with coaches that can handle that. It really is. It was obvious. I mean, it was really that that 
and we can kid about Nagy and Campbell, but that was really two poorly coached teams, really. And us as betters, you know, we're, we're, we're investing money in that. I mean, that strikes me is, is that, you know, this is the best that the National Football League has to offer, and we're paying $6, 7000000 million a year for that, making just simple mistakes. I mean, there should be a degree of, there should be a degree of expertise that we can notice that really wasn't the case. All right, let me get you. I'm going to have you guess on these next two as well next Sunday. Minnesota's at Detroit. <laughs> Minnesota's at Detroit. Uh, two teams kind of trending in opposite ways. Detroit always trending the wrong way. What do you think the number is there with Minnesota in town? All right, let me. I'll go by my numbers. Minnesota 171, Detroit. It's heavy. I'll just I'm going to say that. I'm going to say Minnesota's going to be a, a an eight point favorite. You're very close. That's perfect. Seven and a half. You're right. Okay. Seven and a half. How about this one? So Chicago, after winning, <laughs> I can't, that made me laugh the way you said it with Nagy. He he freaking like that was a dude that feels like oh I was I about mean, to get fired. Do you think he hit a, an eighteen parlay? You thought he hit? I mean I've seen <laughs> he hit an eighteen parlay. I mean he acted like I do when I have two hot dogs at the South Point. I mean he was going crazy. He was so happy. Yeah. Yep. No, you're right. He was that was that's funny. Uh, okay, so Arizona's in town. Murray likely to be back. Right? We're expecting Murray to be back. Arizona, Chicago. Yep. Where's the game? It's in Chicago. It's heavy too. I'll just get I'm just gonna that, give that, you a, that'll a be eight and a half. That'll be eight and a half. It's seven. It's seven. And that's uh, less than that. Oh the uh, well, you know, the the thing about that game is too, we don't know where Hicks would be. If they have Hicks in there, he can pressure the pocket a little bit. But how are they gonna move the football? Are they going back to fields? Will they go back fields? He's got cracked ribs. And then he's going to play, they say, when he's ready to play, whatever that. Take that as you will, Michael. I mean, did Andy Dalton just – I mean, we call him the 2020 – he, is he the perfect 2020 quarterback? He'll move you from 120 to the next, and then he gets in that red zone. He can't wait to turn that baby over. Well, I'll tell you what he did do, and the Lions fans were sitting there, and God bless them for leaving their houses and driving in the cold out oh there. Oh, my God. Raining. I thought the same thing, too. The Lion fans are incredible. To go out there on Thanksgiving Day and sit there and watch that and watch that coach – Oh, my God. My friend texted me. He goes, you know what's crazy? It always feels like a sellout on Thanksgiving. I'm like, I know. These people are sadomasochists. Uh, the, the drive to end the game, the 18-play, 8-minute, 30-second drive where the Lions never got the ball back is the perfect. That's just chef's kiss on the Detroit Lions right there, not getting the ball back on just a slow, plodding drive. So bad. So, so bad. bad. I mean, and, and, and Will Hill just texted me and said the two timeouts cost him. And then, then he thought about it, and he said, well, yeah, you're probably right. Because if it would have been third and seven, Nagy would have just tried to run to get the other timeout out. It, so. <laughs> it's, it, it set game management back years. It's, it, it was, was bad. And, and Campbell, the other thing is he, he, does, he looks a tad confused at all times, which is not. A tad? <laughs> he, a looks tad? A t- he looks a tad confused. We're not. We're back here on the Lombardi line. <laughs> to the Lombardi line on VSIN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, indeed, it is Black Friday. We got you covered here on Black Friday at VSIN. It's a limited offer, so make sure you go check it out right now. VSIN.com slash subscribe. 99 bucks gets you everything in our football package through the Super Bowl, which is, you know, college pro everything. And then you get 20 bucks to spend in the VSIN store in credit as soon as you sign up right now. So go check it out. VSIN.com 
slash subscribe. Okay, I want to get into a game coming up this Sunday with Michael. Uh, again, I, he's got a good agent, that being Dan Campbell, because he signed a six-year deal. Oh, yeah, I mean, a six-year deal. Crazy. So they, they can't move on. At, I mean, they're not going to move on after this year. They're just going to point yeah. to the roster and say, we got to give them some time. Rebuild. But it's, I mean, that extra year is uh, it's a nice little cushion for a guy that's never been a head coach. Yeah, especially learning on the job. I mean, that's pretty obvious he's learning on the job because he doesn't know what he's doing right now. I mean, that's the, that, that's the case. I mean, everybody sees it. You know, now he's taking over the play calling. I mean, that's not an easy thing to do. No, it certainly isn't. And there seems to be some strife between Goff and Lynn. They're not on the same page. So that, in part, led to why Dan Campbell took over the play calling. But, like, you, I think you pointed out yesterday while we were in-game, he, he's calling play-to-play. Play. There isn't a plan, yeah. right? It's play-to-play. Play. No. He's just one step, one, one jump, one jump, one jump. That's what he's doing. That's exactly right. I mean, it's just really, it's just, okay, here's where we're going. We're going to, you know, let's do this. Let's run it here. There's no real rhyme or reason. I mean, you, you, when you have 21 of 25, it looks really good on paper, right? You have four incompletions. But the reality of it is, is you didn't attack anything. You had 179 yards. You didn't move the ball down the field. You didn't make a play. Now you can say, well, every time we try to make a play, we got a holding call. Well, you know, you're the head coach. I mean, that's you got to coach again. I mean, I know. I, I mean, when I was with the Patriots, Belichick put oven mittens on the offensive lineman. Oven mittens. Yep. Now you heard that oven mittens, like you take the turkey out of the oven <laughs> right. so they can't hold. How was the turkey, by the way? was outstanding, Patrick. It was really good. I'm looking forward to today more than ever. I was going to say, that is the, the I day i got to hit the bakery down the street. There's a bakery down the street that I, since I was a kid, I used to go to this bakery. They make these little rolls. I mean, I can't wait to go to the Ward's Bakery, go grab a couple, go turkey. Say, oh, it's the best. So you got a you got a turkey gal. you got a, a steak guy, which we won't talk about, yeah. especially on the air. Uh, <laughs> and then do you have, do you, do you, do you have a do you have a baker? Do you have a, you have your, do not have, I, well, this town's, we, one thing about living on the East coast, there's a lot of, you know, the water makes the dough so good here. The pizza's incredible, but the ba- there's a bunch of bakeries in this little town and each bakery is kind of different. There's Benny, which was a kid that when I was growing up, Benny had this little market of, you know, you get his bread and then this pastry shop wards, they make, they make a certain kind of bread. You got to get all over. That's what makes this. That's what makes a hoagie great is the bread. So you're going to go get those nice rolls today. It must have felt pretty good as well. Shout to the Boston Globe. I saw this. Uh, you tweeted you this see today. my man? This is pretty cool. Yeah. So a guy that's coaching up the receivers there in New England is named Mick, and he's the son of Michael Lombardi. They did a, uh, an expose on him today in the Boston Globe. That was awesome. That, but the best part of it all, I mean, I'm so proud of Mick. There's no denying that. I'm proud of Matthew as well. But when my man Dominic gets the lead paragraph in the story, the that's first right. paragraph that's in the right. story, I mean, that was all I needed to and see. And he's got his play you know, sheets. And he's got his, play, he's got his he's sheets. He's got his play sheet. I wish I could have sent him a picture of him studying his play sheet. It would have made the article be even better. I should have done that. Yeah, maybe I will do that. Jim McBride did a nice job. I appreciate Wonderful it. Wonderful words nice. from. They, they, have a, they have a big game. I know. I mean, Let's get into is, that. Let's get into it. So, because yeah, you I mean, see a couple is, six and a halfs popping up. Michael, now here's the question with the Titans. Uh, it, it's a game that's almost marred by these injuries, right? Can they find an identity offensively without Henry, without Julio Jones, possibly without A.J. Brown? Um, and this is, as far as success rate, this is a defense that's only getting better in the Patriots. I mean, A.J. Brown didn't practice yesterday. He's got the chest injury, right? You know, and so they already cut at, at, at Peterson, so it's really going to – what's it going to come down to? You know, Foreman, is he going to be the back? 
Jenkins was limited yesterday. David Long, who's their really good linebacker, he can run. He did not practice yesterday. He was, he's got that hamstring that has kept him out of two games. Their offensive line, Safford, he never practices. I mean, they're beat up. They are really beat up. They have to find a way to run the football. And the challenge to running the football is who's going to be the back? Jeremy McNichols is their nickel player, right? So where are they going to get it? Is it going to be Foreman? Is he going to be the back that does it? It's such a challenge. You know, without Henry, when you take Henry out of the offense, you now put all the pressure on Tannehill. And against the Patriots, it's going to be hard to run the ball consistently. And then if you don't have Julio, who's still on IR, and you don't have A.J. Brown, where's the ball going? This is a little saintish, you know. Where's the ball going? And, and then com- defensively, yeah. defensively, you know, I mean, look, they, they, they're going to struggle. I mean, they're not healthy without Long, without Jenkins. You know, they'll know how to attack. This is a very similar defense to what the Patriots played last week against Atlanta. The essence of the Titans' defense and the origins of the Titans' defense goes back to Dean Peace. And so it's really the foundation is Dean Peace. And the Dean Peace defense will, is what they played last week. So they'll have a lot. Of, so this is so for betters, this is now you get Mac Jones another week of seeing the same things again. And it, it, it certainly makes you better. And the offense for the Titans over the last three, four and a half yards per play. Not going to get it done. I mean, you can't really blame. Uh, listen, they're kill- they're getting crushed with injuries. And here comes we talk about trusting a team. Patriots five and zero straight up their last five. Five and zero ATS their last five, and they're beating teams by an average of twenty one point seven. So this is it's a team that's got it's kind of getting on the tracks right now. Yeah, and this offensive line for Tennessee. You know, then what happens is you take away you take away. Uh, Henry, and all of a sudden now the line becomes who is the line, right? You know, Lawan's been hurt. Safford's always hurt. Ben Jones has not been a very good player. Cuisenberry is a kid that they signed off the street in 2018. He's kind of bounced around. I mean, this is a beat-up offensive line. And, you know, if without A.J. Brown, is, can Chester Rogers or Des Fitzpatrick, can they carry the team in the skill? Who does Belichick double? I mean, what tight end are you worried about? I mean, it's really it's a hard, hard situation for them to go in there where they have no skill. I mean, they right now they have four receivers on the roster, and A.J. Brown's one of them. Well, you nailed it as far as, first off, QB pressure as far as rate. The Patriots are sixth, and the Titans offensive line has allowed the fifth most sacks this year. So, I mean, these are two teams divergently coming into this matchup. Like, one team is absolutely – this is a mismatch. It's a nightmare for the Titans coming in to take on this team that's heating up right now. It, it is, and, and, you know, New England's got to play their game, and, and what they can't do is what most teams have done since Tennessee has really – I mean, look, we're talking about Tennessee. They were on a six-game win streak. When you go back and study that six-game win streak, teams really did a good job of, the t- of giving them the game. I mean, Kansas City gives them three turnovers. Indianapolis gives them three turnovers. The Rams give them two turnovers, one for a score. You know, so they've given they've given this they've they've made mistakes. New England, which has earlier in the season was making mistakes, they can't do that. And they should be New England should be much healthier now. I mean, New England, you know, their injury report is always always fairly intense. Uh, uh, but other than Barrymore, who did not play, did not practice yesterday with a knee, they should be healthy. And you mentioned mistakes. Well, the also divergent here. The Tennessee, they've turned the ball over six times their last three games, and since week nine, the Patriots are taking away the ball about two and a, two, a little over two and a half times a game. So 
the takeaways yeah, they've been really good they've been area. really advantageous and and really opportunistic with the takeaways yeah they've been very good uh on third down defense and third down offense i mean they're fifth in the league in third down offense they're sixth in third down defense and where they're really good on defense is they're third in the red zone. They're really good. You get in the red zone, it's hard to score points on them. I mean, six and a half is a lot of points on this line, though. I will say that. I think this is, you know, I mean, and a lot of this line is going to jockey between six and a half and seven. I could see it going to seven on Sunday. But I think a lot of that is it's, it's really more, it's not a reflection of the dominance between, it's a reflection of the injury list. Let's make that very clear. The Titans are not the same team, just like we should have been really more on the Bills yesterday because the Saints aren't the same team. Yeah, the books are split. You nailed it. You know, right down the middle. Some have it six and a half. Some have it seven right now. My assumption is because of what you just mentioned, those injuries, I think we're probably going to see seven mostly across the board, Michael. But right now it's split six and a half and seven. Yeah, I, I mean, I lean towards my numbers for this game were like my numbers for the game. It should be a three and a half point. But game. you can't. That and, is so like without but, injuries. But, the, and... the, but a lot of the layers of my number have Henry in it, so you can't take my numbers. You know, they don't they don't really work, especially when you have this many levels of injury in the game. Yeah, who would have thought the Adrian Peterson experiment wouldn't work there? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I was I was thinking about him. I'm like, wait, Man. I saw AP running for the Lions. Why not bring Barry this. Sanders back? Why not bring Barry, hey, Sanders Barry back? Don't huh? don't sleep on Barry. Barry is a f- most freak. We were having a, a friend of mine was texting he, yesterday. He's like, oh man, oh, at least we used to watch Barry Sanders. I'm like, Barry Sanders. Remember when Saquon Barkley was coming in and people wanted to compare him to Barry? Nobody's Barry. Nobody. Maybe Nobody's Billy Barry. Sims, no. but Billy Sims got cut short with injuries. Remember Billy Sims back in the day with the Lions? B- Billy Sims. Yeah, I mean, Billy Sims could have been, you know. If he would have played now, that he would have overcome that injury easily. Right. Those poor running backs right. back in the day that knee. got that got knee ACLs, their careers were over. Yeah, you nailed it. You nailed it. Yeah, bring Barry back to Tennessee. Who they have? They've got Rogers, Foreman. I'm trying to think of who they've got. Uh, they've got the Westbrook oh, they, kid. They, I mean, they're just struggling. That, that's you just named them, and they they, they don't have the, their skill is gonna, it's going to be hard. They're going to try to play a slow paced game. Slow it down. Okay. We'll speed it up with Wes Reynolds coming up next. College and pro here on the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM. You're listening to the Lombardi line on VSEN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, it's BetMGM, the king of sports books, and they welcome you with a special offer of Thanksgiving weekend. Right now, simply place a $10 money line wager on any pro college game. If any team scores a touchdown, you're going to win 200 bucks. Bet 10 to win 200. You have to use the bonus code VSIN200. VSIN200. It's a great deal. Bet MGM, the king of sportsbooks, 21 years or older. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Call 1 800 Gambler if you have an issue. Okay, plenty to do on this Black Friday. Hope you had a nice Thanksgiving. Michael Lombardi, I'm Patrick Maher. We're going to welcome in. Uh, VEASAN host, Wes Reynolds, of course, Green Zone, betting across America, long shot. Some interesting games today, including Iowa-Nebraska. No Adrian Martinez yeah. for Nebraska, Michael. But Iowa still has a shot. If, you know, tomorrow Nebraska, excuse me, if tomorrow Wisconsin slipped up at Minnesota, Iowa's still in the mix for the Big Ten championship game, so that's an interesting one. You also have Cincinnati-East Carolina, who I know Wes has a play on. So let's bring in Wes, and as we say hi to Wes and happy holidays, we'll start here just to kind of put a bow on our our conversation about the Titans and New England because West does have a play this weekend on that game. Hi, Wes. 
Good morning, guys. How are you? Great, great. So you do have a play with the Titans and Pats here. Yeah, I went ahead, and now that the sevens have showed, I went ahead and took Tennessee. Look, I got to hope for some more friendly injury news than the Titans had last week, and that was one of the main reasons I think we were all on Houston the previous week is because the Titans lead the league in players on injured reserve. And from a 53-man roster, and you've had almost 70 guys on your active roster, there's going to be a talent drop-off. I mean, almost the entire linebacking core was out last week, so hopefully – a little bit better news. By the way, this was two and a half on the look-ahead line with the Patriots hmm. playing. Obviously, the Patriots were uh, uh, big winners on Thursday night against Atlanta, and then the Titans lose as 10-point favorites to Houston. But now I think it's kind of baked into the cake here in terms of the injuries and then the disparate performances that we saw last week. Mike Brabel, pretty good in this role as an underdog at 17-9 and nine against the numbers. So, now what we've heard, and it's kind of been a pattern with the AFC all year, guys. It's a different team that, okay, they're the team to beat in the AFC. And there's been several in that role. The Bills are the team to beat. The Chiefs are the team to beat. The Browns are the team to beat. The Ravens, the Titans. Now it falls on the Patriots. We're kind of like, they're the comer now in terms of moving up the AFC standings. So laying seven, I thought that was a little bit of a big number, kind of like the under here, too, at 44 and a half. How about the, uh, you know, talk about the, the team that everybody is the team to beat, the, the, the America's favorite team, the Rams. They go in, they travel into Green Bay. Patrick, I don't have a weather report. I, I, is it going to be snowy? I'm assuming it's going to be cold. But, uh, you. you know, this game has bordered between a one and a pick em. What do you like in this one? Yeah, I do like the Rams here. And, uh, look, I, I'm buying low because they come off the bye week, but the previous two times we've seen them, were both primetime national TV games, Sunday night and Monday night, and they looked bad, and they absolutely needed a bye week, and it came, I think, really at an opportune time. You look, and with with Green Bay, I think a lot of it with Rodgers, I think that's already priced in. I think he's going to go. I know it's the toe injury, but the injuries that I think are hurting Green Bay is the offensive line. And offensive mm-hmm. line injuries, I don't think, get priced enough into the market surely sharp and smart betters bet offensive line injuries accordingly you may have as many as three starters out on the green bay offensive line of what was their original starters up front so i think that's going to affect them against a very good defensive line that's still number four in the league in sacks you're now going to have Vaughn miller in uniform along with aaron donald and also with green bay one of the things that has kind of been an untold story about this team is the defense has been pretty good but it's starting to show a little bit of wear and tear, and the injuries are starting to add up. And I think you saw that materialize at Minnesota last week. A couple linebackers out. We know Alexander has been on injured reserve. So now you're, I think, starting to see that catch up with the Packers. And then just on the surface, looking at this line, it's like, well, look at what we saw with the Rams the last two times they played. How can they be favored against Green Bay? So I'm going to go ahead and uh, take the take the bait here and lay it with the Rams. Yeah, it's going to be 36, a little windy, 12 mile an hour winds, but not snowing. So just 36 and cold. It's that's this is you know obviously and, as we and, head and to know, December. I like the play because I think Stafford and I haven't run the numbers. I will, but Stafford typically, Patrick, you would know this as well as anybody. He plays pretty well in in Green Bay. He does. He plays really he like he's not fearful of that. He goes up there with a bad team and plays well. Mm-hmm. So I think there's something to that. I, I totally agree. Although the Packers four and ATS their last four home games, but I do like the Rams in that matchup as well. Okay, we mentioned West. 
uh, 16 games across college football today. Let's get to one of those. And Cincinnati now jumps into college football playoff committee's top four, headed to East Carolina, and the number's 14. Yeah, I rode Cincinnati last week when it seemed like the herd was on SMU because we recall Cincinnati had not covered four straight games against lower opponents in that American Athletic Conference. So I thought, okay, this is the game where they're probably going to cover SMU with this high-powered offense. And Cincinnati absolutely swallowed them whole and had an easy win last week. But now the news tightens a little bit because you got a chance to finish the regular season undefeated. They're going to get Houston next Saturday in that AAC championship game. And you go to an East Carolina team that, you know, they were celebrating two weeks ago because they got bowl eligible for the first time under this coach, Mike Houston. So they go into Navy. They don't cover, but they get a game-winning field goal at the end. So now I feel like East Carolina is kind of playing with house money here. And, you know, this isn't going to be okay lay down for the conference because Cincinnati's going to be leaving the conference. They're going to the Big 12. They'd love to send them a nice parting gift uh, in their departure from the AAC a couple years from now. But I thought 14 was a little high. I think East Carolina actually matches up a little bit better with Cincinnati because what you saw with SMU, this is an air raid offense, so a lot of passing. So you don't really have a quarterback necessarily that runs a lot, Tanner Mordecai, the Oklahoma transfer. But with East Carolina, this kid Ehlers, his experience, a third year as a starter, he can run a little bit. He can keep plays alive with his scrambling ability. So I thought that this was kind of a big number here for Cincinnati on the road. I don't think that they're going to necessarily take this game in Greenville for granted, but I think East Carolina can go ahead and play loose and relax, whereas Cincinnati might be a little bit tight early. Well, I, I think you're right. And I, and I think, you know, C- Cincinnati last week, they were playing a one-dimensional team that wasn't very good on defense. This week, you know, when you watch the Pirates of East Carolina, they can throw the ball effectively. They're 29th in the country in offense. I mean, they throw it well. They can run the ball. And defensively, which will be the challenge, their run defense is going to have to play really well. But I think the fact they're playing at home and getting two touchdowns, I'm with you, Wes. I, I think if if, if – and look, the committee wants Cincinnati to lose this game badly. We know that, right? They, they won't want it to deal with this ever again. But this is going to be one of those where Cincinnati's going to have a hard time winning this game because the matchup really, I think they can win it, but it's not going to be a dominating matchup because if it, it, both these teams are similar. Yeah, well put. Wes, I'm putting you on the spot a little bit here, so there's no pressure, but take your time on this. Uh, nobody knows college football better than you, and that's probably better than the committee as well. So I'm going to ask you, Wes, who are the four best teams in college football right now? If I were saying who the four actual best teams yeah. are, I'd, I'd put Georgia up there. I think you have to put Ohio State. They're one, two in my mind, not just in the rankings, but in the power ratings as well. Third, I would probably uh, uh, go ahead and put Alabama. And then fourth, I would put Michigan. Now, you're not going to see two Big Ten teams, I think, make that top four. I think if Cincinnati wins out, they're not getting jumped. I, I mean, Notre Dame, I don't think, can jump them because Notre Dame, I don't think, has that real standout win. Their best win is over Wisconsin. So Notre Dame is going to need Cincinnati to lose. But I wouldn't rate Cincinnati in my top four from a pure power rating standpoint. But if everything holds serve, it's going to be Georgia – Ohio State and and Cincinnati and maybe maybe Notre Dame does make it in the fourth if uh, you know they're not going to take the two Big Ten teams and if Georgia holds serve against Alabama in the SEC title game maybe there is still a path for the Irish uh, 
the Big 12 champion, whoever that's going to be, Oklahoma or Oklahoma State, one of them is going to have to sweep the other, not only this weekend in Bedlam, but also in the conference championship game the following week. So, you know, it's right there for Cincinnati. All the right teams have lost at the right time. Oregon, Oklahoma, et cetera, et cetera. But I would still power rate them maybe about seventh in the conference. There it is. One more play. We got a minute left. TCU's at Iowa State today, and it's up to 15. Where are you at on that one? Yeah, disappointing season for Iowa State. They were seventh in the country to start the season. Now they're six and five. I think this is an opponent in TCU who's had a coaching change a few weeks ago with Gary Patterson out. I kind of think the Horned Frogs might want the season to be over based on how they looked against Kansas last week. And Iowa State's got an opportunity, 20 seniors, disappointing season, to take it out on somebody, and I think they do it today. Okay. He's Wes Reynolds, of course, all day Sunday with the Green Zone, betting across America, long shots. He's all over the place. Good luck this weekend, Wes. Thank you. Thank you, Wes. Appreciate you. We got a busy we got a busy show, busy weekend, Michael. Tomorrow, Ohio State, oh, yeah. Michigan, Love Bedlam it. tomorrow. It's going to be awesome. And then coming uh, up why next. Why are they starting that game so early? I don't know why. Why can't we I have know. a night game? I know. I totally agree. Coming up next, some some games you just got to lay off. I can't go for that. No can do.